Welcome to the Buckhead Church Podcast. At Buckhead Church, we are for Atlanta because we believe that God is for Atlanta. And these days, it's more important than ever to be known by what we're for. And we hope this podcast helps you in your life and faith. We want to help you find greater hope with fewer regrets because we are for you. If it's your first time with us, head over to buckheadchurch.org slash new so we can meet you and send you a free For Atlanta gift on us. If you're not already receiving weekly emails from us, make sure to head to our website, scroll to the bottom, click stay informed and sign up today. The best way to keep up with everything going on is to follow us on social media, subscribe to our YouTube channel and download our free Buckhead Church app. But most importantly, I hope the following episode inspires you to take the next step forward in your faith journey this week. Enjoy. So I want to start uh, a little bit different uh, today. Are you going to grab that? Um, I want to start with the words of the Apostle Paul. Uh, The Apostle Paul in Galatians chapter 4, he began uh, by telling us he's writing about uh, the, the Christmas season, writing, uh, looking back about the significance. And this is what he says, Galatians chapter four, beginning in verse four. He said, but when the set time had fully come, God sent his son born of a woman. When the set time had fully come, God sent his son born of a woman. Here's my question. What was this set time? Why was this a significant time? What was happening at that time that made this significant? Because If we can understand the significance of what's happening at that time, maybe it has something to say about what's happening in our time and how this event maybe speaks to what we deal with in our time and in our world. Um, In in order to answer this question, um, I'm going to need a little bit of space and a little bit of real estate. So I'm going to move some of this stuff away up here real quick. Y'all didn't think you were going to get away without me drawing on like some type of chalkboard or something like that, did you? We we can't let that happen. Um, so, so here's what's interesting is when we think about what was happening at that time, the answer is not that much. Uh, as we noted earlier, between the closing pages of the Old Testament and when the birth of Christ came was a period of about 400, 400 years, 400 years between when we last heard from God, when God spoke through his prophets, and when Jesus shows up on the scene, when the Messiah comes. And, and in between, there's no notable uh, or documented activity by God in the world. 400 years of silence. 400 years, seemingly, of God's absence. So the question is, what was he waiting for? What was this set time that he was waiting for? What was God up to? Why so long? Why Was this the right time? The reason this is important is because maybe you've experienced this. Maybe you've experienced a season of waiting. Maybe you've been waiting on God. And in your season of waiting, God seemed silent or he seemed absent. And you're you're not where you want to be or where you thought you'd be by this point in your life. Maybe you feel stuck. Maybe you're wondering how long. How long, God, before I get beyond this or I get to the next season or I get beyond this season? Will I ever get out of this season? And this is why this is so important because the Apostle Paul tells us that there was a set time. Your your translation, other translations say the fullness of time, which is unique. It's actually a Greek word. Pleroma is the Greek word. And and that's not, not to be impressive. It's just a unique word because it was a shipping term and it's not used very much. 
in the scriptures. And this shipping term, it, it, it sort of denoted when, when something had been filled or fulfilled. It was like when there was a full crew or a ship was full of, of crew and full of the cargo, when all of the preparations had come to completion. When all the preparations came to completion, that's when the, thing, the ship was ready to set sail. That's when things were ready to move. And so here's what I want to do just for a couple of minutes, if you're okay. Could we do a little biblical numerology? Some of you are like, this is Christmas. What are you talking about? But look, I want you to, I want you to think thoughtfully. I've told you this before. And it, it's absolutely unbelievable how God orchestrated his, his orchestrating order out of what seemed like chaos and darkness. And biblical numerology is just the significance of numbers in the scriptures and how they can provide insight into God's nature and his character and his will. So here's, here's where I want to start. I want to start with the number four. So we got we to move this one over here. And, and, and when, when the number four in the scriptures, it, it's, its meaning is derived from creation. Um, on the fourth day of creation, um, God uh, finished the material universe. If you were to go look in, in, the, in the story, it's really a poem in Genesis chapter one. Um, and, it, and it describes who was behind creation, but sort of how it happened. Not in detail, not like so, so that you could, you know, kind of pick it apart. But the, the idea was he wanted, the, the, the author Moses wanted you to know who God was and, and that this was a God of order. And on the fourth day, God created, he created some specific things, but he created the sun and he created the moon and, and he created the stars. And, and the reason this was important is because this represented light in the sky and the sun and the moon, um, while they divided the day from the night, they were also the primary signals of time. It's how we got days and months and years. This all happened on the fourth day of creation, by the way. And if you didn't know this, the, the sun obviously creates life and creates light to the world, but the moon, it's positioned perfectly in the sky. It actually holds the earth on its axial tilt at precisely 23 and a half degrees because in order to do that, what it does is it governs our seasons, which is ironic, right? Because we have four of them. So the number four was significant and it had to do with God's creation. And the word season actually literally means appointed times. So according to God's creation, there are certain things that have appointed times, like they're, they're determined and those, those times are, are set and they're important. And this is part of what the apostle Paul was, was hinting towards, which leads me to the next number. We had to add a zero to next to the four and adding zero doesn't add nothing. As you know, it's a factor of 10. So four becomes 40, and 40 is a significant number in the scriptures as well. You've probably seen it before. It appears 158 times in the scriptures. And this zero is actually a multiplier, and it means increased intensity. So God's creation, it's an increased in or an intense season of time in the scriptures. And what we see is in increased in intense seasons uh, in people's lives, we see God's provision for people in the midst of some of their most difficult trials and in the midst of testing in their lives, we see God's provision for people. You, you see this if you remember the story of the flood. God provided an ark for Noah and his family to pr protect his family in the midst of the great flood. The, the people of Israel, they wandered in the wilderness 
for 40 years. And God provided uh, food from the sky and he provided water from a rock for them. And we see God's provision in these, these seasons of 40. Jesus, in, in the, he was out in the wilderness for 40 days in a period of testing. And in his humanity, God provided his word. He provided truth for him to stand up under the temptation of the enemy. And so we see God's creation and God's provision. And then when we add this third zero, this third zero is unique. It's a factor of a hundred. And it actually is really significant because it, it signifies God's perfection in the world and his perfection through his fulfillment. And this is what the apostle Paul was talking about, his fulfillment and his completion of something his completion of what he was up to in the world. Now, this, this mirrors another period in history. These, these 400 years that there was silence before the birth of the Messiah mirrors the 400 years of, of slavery that the people were in in Egypt. As a matter of fact, it was a, a very intentional season that God used to fulfill a promise he made to Abraham. And he told Abraham ahead of time that it was going to happen. We have this document in Genesis chapter 15. He tells Abraham when he makes this promise, he's like, I know you don't have any kids, but you're, you're going to have a child. In fact, you're going to have several children and I'm going to make you into a great nation. But before your great nation becomes a blessing to the whole world, that's what ultimately they're going to be. Before that happens, they're going to go through a period. And it's a very important and intentional period. They're going to go through a period of 400 years living as foreigners in Egypt and there was that period. And then beyond that, there was a period of the judges, which is interesting. You can, you can fact check me on all this. There's a period of the judges that lasted 400 years. And then after that, they, the people wanted their own king. And they said, yeah, okay, we know you're going to be our king, but we want a, like a physical king. We want our own king. And so God gave them Saul as their first king. And if you trace all the kings, even after the divided kingdom, Judah uh, lasted in Jerusalem, ruling in Jerusalem until the exile. The people were of, of, of Israel carried off to exile. The period of those kings was 400 years. God was up to something intentional. He was fulfilling his promise and he was bringing things to completion. The, the number 400 actually represents the divinely perfect amount of time the divinely perfect amount of time. Now, I know this is hard for some of us to embrace because nobody has ever spent a divinely perfect amount of time on Georgia 400. <laughs> you with me? Like, like, we've spent a lot of time on 400. But, but just hang with me for a second because this 400 years represented a period of waiting. Are you with me? We've done a lot of waiting on, on Georgia 400. And, and I'll be honest with you, I've done an immense amount of waiting on 400. And there are certain times a day that there's no greater example in the city of Atlanta of God's absence and his silence than waiting on Georgia 400. <laughs> you tracking? Okay, maybe that's a stretch. But this is important. These periods mirror each other. And there, was, there were periods of darkness and there were periods of waiting and wondering what God was up to. But another important detail in Galatians chapter four, if we back up one verse in verse three, the, the apostle Paul tells us the state of humanity when God decided it was the set time when the set time had fully come. He, he describes it this way. He says, we were slaves, humanity. We were slaves to the basic spiritual principles of this world. And again, to the Hebrew people, this would have been a callback to a period in their history, a period mirroring, a period of 400 years when they were in physical slavery and they were in a very similar situation and they were in need of rescuing. It was a dark season in their nation's history and they would have all known about it. This was a signal because early in their nation's history, 
when they were enslaved in Egypt and they were wanting a savior, they were wanting a Messiah. After 400 years of that, God fulfilled his promise to Abraham after saying, hey, you're gonna, there's gonna be this period of 400 years and then I'm gonna send somebody. And he sent somebody at the perfect time, at just the right time, God sent Moses to deliver them out of slavery and out of brokenness and out of darkness. And it was a signal. We look back and we go, it was a signal to something that would come, a period in, in, in future history that would mirror this, this period in past history. And what's interesting about this is when the apostle, or when the apostle John one of Jesus' closest followers, when he's going to describe the, the coming of the Messiah, he uses these terms he talks about, and it's sort of, he, he sort of tie these, ties these things together. In his biography of Jesus, he begins it this way. In John chapter 1 and verse 1, he says this, in the beginning, and you've, you've heard these words before, and I want you to listen with all this as a backdrop. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the word was God, speaking of Jesus. He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. Not the earth, not the stars, not the sun, not the moon. The word was there in the beginning, and he was part of all that was made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Do you know what's interesting? Every major religion in the world claims to be a light in the darkness. It claims to be the light of the world, every major religion in the world. And every major religion in the world has a set of words to live by. But John tells us something unique down in verse 14. Only in the Christian faith, only with the God of the Bible, did the word become flesh and make his dwelling among us. That's what we celebrate at Christmas. That's what makes Christianity unique. That's what makes the God of the Bible unique. And here's how this connects to our season. The reality is you may be experiencing a season of waiting or, or what seems like a, serious, a season of God's silence or his absence. And you may be what feels like in a season of darkness or maybe you're wondering like, it seems like a dark period in history and there seems to be a darkness in our world. And John's message and, and the message of Christmas, which comes at just the right time, was that at just the right time, the light came into the world. And the promise is that regardless of what we're in the midst of, God is with us. He came to be a light for us. Now, here's what's, what's, what's amazing about the light. The, 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 the power of light isn't always an immediate, immediate way out of darkness. You know that. But here's what light is. Light always provides a way through the darkness. It eventually provides a way out of darkness, but, but in the immediate moments of darkness, light provides a way. It shows us the way through the darkness. And the promise is you no longer have to wonder or wander or struggle alone in dark seasons. When you're in the midst of a dark season, if you need a reminder, and we often do, I often do, Christmas is that reminder it's Jesus, Emmanuel. God is with us. His light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not. The darkness cannot and the darkness will not overcome it. Christmas 2015, we had 
moved across the country. I moved across the country with my family and we were spending our first Christmas away from family. We had just had a a child, our fourth child. We had three others run around. We had a a newborn baby just days old. My family had come into town for Thanksgiving. We spent spent Thanksgiving together and they left. And in the midst of that, my wife woke up one morning with some significant health problems that were some complications from her pregnancy. And we thought she had had a stroke. She had uh, bilateral facial palsy. She had no movement of any muscles in her face. She had tingling in her body. And, and so I took her to the emergency room. And we, we, didn't, we didn't know what was going on. In fact, we got there and the doctors weren't even sure. We spent a, a, like an, an, a whole night away from our newborn. Like We spent a, a, a late into one evening into the, in the emergency room. And we left with no answers. And we went home that night. And I remember driving. It's about a nine-mile drive from the hospital to our house. And it was quiet. And I remember thinking, okay, God, we did what we thought you wanted us to do and followed your plan for our lives, and we're here. Where are you? Are you really with us? It doesn't feel like you're with us. It was a dark season for us. We got passed around from doctor to doctor to doctor. This is all leading up to the Christmas season almost every day. We're going to visit a different doctor who doesn't know what's going on. And then they send us to somebody else and they send us to somebody else. Some, finally, a friend connected us with a doctor that we didn't even know that went to our church and we went and saw him and we had told him our whole story and all the people we met with. And he said, here's the deal. And this was, this was a light in a dark season. He said, listen, I'm going to handle this. I'm going to take control of this for you. I'm not going to send you a whole bunch of other people. I've got a team of doctors. We've got neurologists. We've got oncologists. We're, going to, we're just going to go down the list. We're going to try and eliminate everything until we discover exactly what it is. And we tried everything. We tried acupuncture and we tried, we tried uh, physical therapy. We tried several different things. And by the way, we were given some medication in the very beginning. We went into the, to the ER that was something that, that we said, they said we had to take for, for 10 full days. And so we were still taking that and we're trying everything we know and, and for a while, there's no, no change in her health. And we were struggling. And I'm supposed to be leading our church into the joy of the Christmas season, and we weren't feeling it. And then a breakthrough. The doctor discovered what was going on, and about that time, her health started getting better, but not because we did any treatment. And after he discovered exactly what was happening with her, we discovered, are you ready for this? There's no coincidence in this. We discovered that the misdiagnosis or the lack of certainty in diagnosis, the first night we went to the ER, the medication that she was given was the exact right treatment that she should have been given when we found out the real diagnosis for something different, but it was exactly what she needed. And it was a light in a dark season for us. This was a reminder for us that regardless of our circumstances, And yes, I'm the preacher and I needed the reminder. It was a reminder that God was with us from the very beginning. His promises remain. He's got us. He's got you. He'll guide you. He'll provide for you because he's promised. Not only will he do that, he'll place and position people in your life like he did for us, this doctor that perfectly reflected his light in a dark season and we needed it. Which is actually something that Jesus taught. 
And he told us, was, was his goal for us. One of the instructions for his earliest followers, after John's announced him as the light, Jesus comes and he says, no, you're the light. You're the light of the world. Let your light shine before other people that they'll see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. And that's exactly what this doctor did for us. And, and this, is, this is sort of an age-old analogy. And some of you have seen this analogy before. You, you've, you've heard this idea that the moon, the moon actually doesn't give off any light. But in darkness, uh, when it's on the backside of the earth, it gives off light because of the source of light, which is the sun. And the sun, you know, is always shining. We don't see it at night, but it's shining. And it directs its rays towards the moon, which shines light in the midst of darkness on earth. And you're like, thank you so much for the astronomy lesson. But that here, here's the idea. The moon, it, 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 it has no light, gives off no light unto itself. And, and this, is, this is the story of the scriptures, by the way. Jesus is the light, but he positions people. He's the source of light. John told us in him was life and that life was the light of all mankind. But when we reflect his light, when his life comes into us, his life illuminates the way. And sometimes his light is illuminating the way for us through other people. And sometimes he's using us to illuminate the way for others in the midst of darkness. It's just how God works. And like the moon, he's, he's positioned you perfectly. I believe this. God positions perfectly uh, the, the moon to reflect the, 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 his light in the, the dark sky or the light of the sun in the dark sky. But God's positioned you perfectly to reflect his light in the midst of darkness, maybe to somebody in your life in this season, maybe somebody in your family, maybe somebody in your neighborhood, maybe somebody in your office. But you're carriers of the light. That's what Jesus said. And at times, God positions others to remind us because we need it. At times he positions us because he wants to use us. But the message is the same. He's near. He cares. He sees us. And he will provide a way through the darkness. Now, this is, this is, this is unbelievable to me, by the way. And I, I know I'm a little bit of a nerd on some of these things, but here's a, here's unbelie- this is unbelievable. God's perfect perfection and God's provision is perfectly represented. You ready for this? Perfectly represented in his creation. Did you know that the sun is 400 times larger than the moon? Y'all didn't get that, I don't think. (laughs) The sun is 400 times larger than the moon. And not only that, the, four, the sun is 400 times further away than the moon. I mean, it, look, you, some of you think this is coincidence. I don't know if you're getting this. This is what should be happening in the room right now, by the way. Some of you guys, you're a little slow on the uptake, but this is what should be going on in the room, and this is what should be happening on the interwebs. Come on, people. Listen, listen. Both the sun and the moon are perfectly positioned to provide exactly what life on earth needs. And look, I understand. Some of you are thinking, look, this is just a creative way to put a spiritual spin on a scientific phenomenon. I get all that. But just think with me for a minute. If you just open your heart just a little bit today, 
would you at least consider that maybe it takes more faith to believe that that's coincidence than it does to believe that this is yet another signal to you and to me, to the whole world, that God is near. He's come near to you and he's come near to me. And he's given us a signal, which leads me to one of the most famous parts of the Christmas story. Luke chapter two, the signal. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping, over, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy. And it's for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Today, the waiting is over. The long-awaited Messiah, the light of the world, a savior, he came to bring good news that would cause and lead people, all people to great joy. And this was for all the people that he brought it. At last, the light broke through and the light is continuing to break through, shining in the midst of darkness. That's what Christmas is all about. That's what Christmas has always been about. For some of you, that's what Christmas might be about for you this year. See, some of you are, you're in a dark season. Maybe difficulty and challenge in life has cast a shadow and has brought darkness into your life and maybe God seems silent or he seems absent. It seems like maybe you've been dealing with darkness for a long time. Maybe for some of you, you feel like it's been like 400 years, but you've been dealing with darkness. And the message of Christmas is a savior has come to be the light, to eventually lead us all out of darkness, but to personally lead you through the darkness, whatever that is in your life or to use you to lead somebody through darkness. For some of you, this is exactly what happened for you this year. You came to the light. You chose to place your faith in the light. You chose to place your faith in Jesus and in him was life and you found new life in him, in the light of the world. Some of you, you came back to faith for the first time in a long time. Others of you, you went public with your faith and you became a light to other people as you shared your story. And this was your year. And in just a minute, I wanna invite those of you who this was your year, this was the year you came to faith or you went public with your faith or you came back to your faith. We're gonna have some candles down front here and there's gonna be a couple stations in the balcony. I'd like for you to lead the way in spreading the light to this room to illustrate what we're all to be, to be light carriers in our world to be, to allow our light to shine before other people, that people would be drawn towards their heavenly father. But first, if you're here and you've never made a decision to invite Jesus, the light of the world, to be your light, to open your eyes and awaken you to new life, Christmas is the perfect time. It's the perfect time to receive that gift, the gift of new life and the gift of light that will guide you even through the darkest seasons of your life. And so I wanna pray for you. I'd like to lead you in a prayer. If you could 
bow your head and close your eyes. If you're here today and you're going, I, I, I wanna invite Jesus to come and give me new life. I'll re- I wanna receive the free gift of his life, the gift of his light into the world. You could just pray a simple prayer like, God, I understand that I'm in need of a savior. I understand that I've been wandering around in darkness. And today I confess with my mouth that your Lord, you came to be the Messiah. You came to show the way, the right way to guide people in the midst of darkness. And I believe that you overcame my sin and you overcame death through your death and resurrection. And ultimately the promise was that I could have everlasting life new life in this life, but everlasting life that could never be taken away from me. And today I want to receive that free gift to receive the gift of new life and your light so that I could be guided in the darkness, but also so that I could be a light to other people. God, thank you for the gift you've given to all of us. I pray for those that just decided for the first time today to give their life to you. I pray that you would illuminate their hearts. I pray that this would be something they'd wanna share with lots of people around them and that you would guide them in a new way in this new season of life. And I pray it in Jesus' name, amen. Once again, thanks for listening. If you'd like to hear more messages like this, we've made it super easy. First, you can hit the subscribe button to get these messages on your device every week. Second, you can download our app from iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your apps. Or third, you can check out our YouTube channel. Just search for Buckhead Church and make sure to subscribe. Have a great day.